This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Friday, July 22nd. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how are you doing this morning? Pretty good, how are you? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. I'm waking up, but I'm doing well. Uh, we are back after a week off. We we took a week off for the All-Star break. Uh, got our own little personal vacation like the players do. Uh, Brad, how was your vacation? Uh, excellent. Spent the week at the beach, very restful. Couldn't really ask for anything else. Yeah. Did you watch any actual All-Star game or home run derby at all? Not really. I caught some peaks of it, but I, I've never really been interested by either of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Not since I was like 12. Yeah, they're not telling to me in the slightest. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I I told Matt on the show this week that like I was visiting my mom and I didn't really care, but we were sitting at home and it was on TV. And if I'm like I'm literally here not doing much else, I'll turn it on. And I watched uh, you want yeah. to at a, a bunch of dingers, and that was all right, you know. But I, I didn't see any of the the actual All Star game. It, I feel like it means a lot less, especially with so much inner interleague play going on as well. Yeah, the, that's that's a a big thing that's devalued it for me. I think too, mm-hmm. uh, just because I and MLB TV as well. So I, I get to see all these guys. You know, yeah. it used to be your chance to see star players all at the same time. So I can mm-hmm. I panel five six games a day often. Yeah. So I'm seeing these every day. Yeah. Not, not, not quite the same now. It's still, still cool, but for you know some of us that work in baseball, it was a, a week off. It was a, our vacation. Um, so yeah, we uh, we had that week off. We are we're back at it, uh, back with our live show that we're doing right now, recording. Um, and we also have a live chat going on. Uh, and as always, we like to have uh, interaction. So if anybody has any questions, want to be part of the show, you can join in there as well. Um, other than that, we're going to get to Friday DFS. Oh, uh, also the Daily Grind Invitational going on today as well. Yep, yep. Uh, it's on FanDuel, 20 users, $2. Uh, come join us, have a little fun, mm-hmm. and uh, we can talk about it tomorrow in the comments. Yeah, those are uh, still going all right? Yeah, they're they're losing a little bit of steam, especially the DraftKings ones. I used to be able to fill up 30 pretty easily, and now it's gets to about like 23 installs out, so I've cut them down to 20 users too. Vandal's mm-hmm. capped at 20 users all along, so yeah. that's what I need to work with. <laughs> I think we're not quite to the September slog, but I think, you know, post-All-Star break, you know, especially in fantasy baseball, I mean, football hasn't started yet, but you start to lose people, like, farther into the summer, uh, especially as people fall out of their, their race and their league and whatnot. Um, you yeah. See, you see fan- this is, fantasy baseball is such a marathon that you can see people. I mean, it's different for DFS, for sure. But people drop yeah, off yes. a little bit. Staying on top of things for normal leagues in the second half is the key to victory. Because yeah. you, you are going to see a lot of guys trail off soon, yep. if not already. Yep. Anyway, we're not trailing off. We're here. We're going to look at all yeah. these uh, guys for Friday. 15 games, full slate. Uh, we're not going to break down every single game, and we're definitely not going to break down every single option. But let's look at uh, our favorites, starting at catcher. Brad, who do you like at catcher for Friday? So on FanDuel, you have the option of Victor Martinez, and you can't really ask for too much more than Victor Martinez at catcher against mm-hmm. Jacob Turner. Uh, it's a lovely matchup. It's at U.S. Cellular Field, great place for power. Uh, Martinez is the most expensive catcher, so you're going to be paying for that, and it's a good position usually to punt. So uh, definitely a different route of building your lineup than the standard uh, way of doing it. Uh, not of catcher on DraftKings, so you'll have to find some other options there. Uh, sticking with FanDuel pricing, I like Yasmani Grandal there because he's 2500 He's 3900 on DraftKings, and I'm not such a fan of that. The uh, reason I like Grandal is he's got decent power. He's been hitting well for the last, I think, about a month and a half. Uh, eight home runs over that period. And uh, Michael Rock is not someone I really shy away from. He's obviously a solid pitcher, but he has his bad days. He tends mm-hmm. to stall out and start. And the weather's actually very nice for home run power in uh, St. Louis today. Uh, not a good homer park, but the weather's good for it. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like Grandall. Grandall had that huge game a few weeks ago. I think yeah. he had three homers. And I was saying that his season batting line that had been kind of lagging all year now it's fine. Like one game, you look at it, he's oh, yeah. like right with the Yeah, <laughs> right there in terms of uh, career numbers. All of a sudden, you know, one game, and you're like, oh, yeah, his season's fine. 
Uh, it's weird. I'd love for the average in Bapit to be higher, but that's really the only complaint you have with him. He's got yeah. good OBP, good power. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned Vmart getting Jacob Turner. Jacob Turner had his debut for the White Sox, or debut this year, and it went, as you'd predict, you know, four innings, eight runs. And you're, in, in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, tough spot start. It happens. He's back, sending him out for another one. You know, they don't have the depth. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll be picking a number of Tigers today. I like Vmart. If you can afford him, I think that's just fine. I wrote down uh, your boy Francisco Cervelli is back for the Pirates. Yep. Uh, he had been out for a while, and it's a pretty consistent option at, at catcher. And uh, he's starting against Zach Eflin, who's been better than you would have yeah. expected. He, but He's okay. Yeah, but still not great. He's got some quality starts going, but um, you okay with uh, Cervelli there? Yeah, definitely okay with it. He's uh, I haven't been tracking him too much since he's come back, but yeah, in general, oh, it's only been two games. Yeah. Okay, so he, he's generally a high-floor, low-ceiling guy. That's uh, good at the catcher position. He's priced right to go after that kind of profile, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, he, he's definitely a solid pick. And there's a decent chance the Pirates go off against Zach Dufflin. Yeah. Uh, he's not the worst pitcher in the slate today. Uh, as I said, when he debuted, he's someone who's a little bit more of a command and control guy, and those usually take you know, some time to adjust to the majors. We might mm-hmm. be seeing him begin to adjust, and that's uh, you know, it, it's an encouraging sign for the Phillies. Uh, but it still doesn't mean that we can't go after him in DFS. Yeah. Do you like uh, Russell Martin getting James Paxton? Yeah, I like Martin. I'm not really positive how he matches up against velocity. Uh, that's something I need to look into a little more. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously he has the history of hitting lefties, not so much this year, but again, not really concerned about uh, the partial year sample, really, when you have such a long history of killing lefties. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I do like Martin today, uh, pending some analysis on his ability to hit velocity. Yeah, Paxton's been uh, slowing down. He burst on this year and was doing real well, and then things have, have turned around in a bad way a little bit for him. Um, I think going to Toronto is not going to be a great day for him. Uh, <laughs> <Not a deal. laughs> but, yeah, there's a lot of Blue Jays we can pick today, and I think Martin will be part of a fine stack. Um, a few other catcher names, but the one most interesting to me, or at least I want to discuss, uh, we, we talked about uh, Tony Walters getting Mike fulton um, if he got in the game, and he didn't, and now we got him uh, against Julio Tehran. He, he's the backup catcher, but the point with fulton and Tehran is they have a weakness against lefties, um, and Tony Walters is a backup catcher, and he can run a little bit, but he's a little bit interesting. The point is that he's left-handed, though. Don't know that he's going right. to start... But if Tony Walters is in the starting lineup, and you'll have to check, uh, and he's playing for the Rockies, and he gets Julio Tehran, I like that as a definitely a punt. He'll be cheap, but uh, it'll be an interesting option that won't be that popular, but I could see you know, being in a good lineup and having an okay matchup. It's Coors Field. It's a backup catcher getting in at Coors Field, and he has a platoon advantage. Uh, so I would think about that just kind of as a sneaky, cheap option. Um, other than that, I had, you know, uh, Real Muto getting Logan Barrett. There's not a lot of analysis there. Just a decent pitcher, or decent hitter getting the whatever pitcher. And uh, Steven Vogt getting Jake Odorizzi. Jake Odorizzi's looking a little better, but still nothing special. Um, or used to be good, just having such trouble this year that I'd take Steven Vogt there. Any other catchers for you that we, we didn't touch on? Uh, I'd give a look to Wilson Contreras, too, if you got the money for him. Okay. Uh, up against Jimmy Nelson, a uh, solid pitcher. Uh, it's more targeting the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miller Park's just a nice place for power, and Contreras is one of the better options at the position. Yeah, he's been good. Um, okay, on to first base. Brad, what do you think at first base? Uh, as always, a ton of options there. Uh, sticking with Cubs, you can go with Anthony Rizzo. He's top of the pile in terms of price, and for a reason, he's very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, also up there, David Ortiz, Edwin uh, Encarnacion. Mm-hmm. Uh, both guys, platoon advantage today, and just pretty tasty matchups. I uh, yeah. mentioned Paxton already. Uh, someone is a little shaky. Uh, he, he I, I've always liked his stuff. I just don't know that he uses it very well. And that seems to still be continuing into this year, even though he's got the uptick in velocity. Mm-hmm. And then Ortiz is up against Tyler Gibson, which is, uh, or Kyle Gibson, sorry, which is definitely a, an exploitable matchup. Uh, mm-hmm. Something to go after without any reservation. Uh, looking a little bit further down the price list, uh, 
I like Indians today against Dylan Bundy. He's a guy who I have no reservations about going against, especially yeah. at Camden Yards. Uh, that's uh, Carlos Santana and Mike Napoli at first base. And then I also like Steve Pierce up against Sean Benea. Uh, Pierce has been back a couple games now, and uh, he goes lefties. Yeah, yeah, he does. We usually like him when he gets in, and they'll find ways for him to get in there. And Been having a good year, kind of quietly down there in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, I didn't have Steve Pierce, but I like that. Um, I'm looking at my list. I think the only guys I have you didn't mention, uh, Miguel Cabrera gets Jacob Turner. There's not much analysis. He's hitting righties, you know, and, and Jacob Turner's been bad and Miggy's good. There, I don't know. There, there's nothing to explain there. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not too much there. <laughs> yeah. Um, Joey Votto getting Archie Bradley. Archie Bradley's kind of holding his own, doing, doing all right this year, finally. He had such hype for a long time, but he has that weakness with lefties. And so uh, he has has a platoon split, and so Votto could do pretty all right there, I think. And uh, last name I had, you didn't. Um, I I like to when I say Francisco Cervelli, I can also say John Jaso, and Jaso's getting Zach Eflin, and it's the kind of first base option that's different from most. You're you're maybe not getting homers and RBIs as much as some walks, some hits, and uh, maybe some runs scored. Kind of a higher floor guy, not a GPP play as much as a. Um, you know, it's a smaller gameplay, but, but I like that. So I have John Jay Sogan, Zach Eflin and the Phillies bullpen also, which is still not great. So yeah, you can go with John Jay. So any other first baseman for you? Uh, just a couple to highlight uh, on DraftKings, Paul Goldschmidt's 4,300. He's priced the same as Adrian Gonzalez and Will Myers. Mm-hmm. And he's about the 15th most expensive first baseman. So I would happily take that at Great American Ballpark any day. Yep. Uh, looking for bargains, it's not a great day for cheap first baseman. Uh, one of the columns I do for NBC is uh, Daily Bargains, and the guy I came up with was Kenny Vargas uh, up against Eduardo Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Uh, figure Rodriguez is not striking out anybody this year. Uh, I think the stuff's still there visually. It's just he's... Just, I don't know. There, there's, there, I guess there's something missing, but I can't put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, the strikeouts aren't there. He's you know, still kind of walking a few guys. And Vargas's main issue is strikeouts. Uh, so Rodriguez is pitching to contact. You're going to get a guy with decent power swinging at the green monster. I think it's a nice matchup for cheap money. Yeah, yeah. He's a guy who, you know, doesn't draw any walks, but but can yeah. you know put the when he puts the bat on the ball, there, there's stuff there. Oh, we talked about Kenneth Vargas earlier this uh, week too. For to me, it felt like a you know a name from last year coming back for sure. Uh, but in Fenway, I'm fine with that. You know, Erod has not really put it together yet. There's talent there, but I haven't seen it yet, so I'm fine with that. Um, okay, on to second base. I had six names. Who are you looking at at, at second base? So top top of the pile, Ian Kinsler. Up mm-hmm. against Jacob Turner, I think a Detroit stack makes a lot of sense today. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of stacks, I really like the Indians today, and that's Jason Kipnis. Uh, Camden Yards, great park for lefty power. He's been hitting well lately, too. Uh, so another guy I really like today. Uh, I don't mind Robinson Cano visiting Toronto. Uh, I think that's uh, Marco Estrada coming back from the DL, mm-hmm. or at least an injury. And uh, you know, might see him a little bit shaky. Uh, so that's another one, uh, platoon advantage. I think you could potentially you know, go yard with that. Mm-hmm. And then if you're looking for a cheaper option, Derek Dietrich is 2500 on FanDuel. I recommend him pretty much every day as the bargain at second base. Mm-hmm. He kills righties. He's high floor, high ceiling. You can't really ask for too much more except when those loogies come in late game and shut him down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at a price of $2,500, i will risk the loogie and go after him early game. Yeah, we we often like him, and that's that's way too cheap. Um, I like Robinson Cano just about anywhere. I'm fine with that. Marco Estrada has cooled off a little bit, and he hasn't started since the start of July. So there's a two nine three ERA on the air. I'm just yeah. every time I look at Marco Estrada, every time I look at his season line, I'm impressed. I'm like, dang, like I didn't. <laughs> okay, uh, I, I I still like Robinson Cano in Toronto. You know, I think that better better hitter kind of wins that one, but. I don't know. Just impressed by Marco Estrada. Um, I like the names you had. I wrote down uh, Brian Dozier getting Eduardo Rodriguez, getting getting a lefty in Fenway. Brian Dozier. Uh, there, there's a twin stack to be had here as well. Even though I think the Red Sox are going to blow up uh, uh, Kyle Gibson real bad, uh, that's going to be ugly. I like the the opposite of it as well. It's going to be some runs scored today. I think in Boston. Yep. 
Um, I wrote Devin Travis getting James Paxton. That's righty on lefty. Uh, or pardon me. Uh, yeah, no, that's right. Get, getting James Paxton yeah, in Toronto. Right. Thought I had that mixed up. I did not. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, that's another stack that's going to be just fine, and there's no reason he can't be a part of that. Um, the only other name I had at second base, I like Ian Kinsler a lot. Um, I wrote Logan Forsyth getting Sean Manaya. Uh, they like to use him, you know, near the top of the lineup. He crushes lefties. Uh, Sean Manaya has not put it together to major leagues yet, so, uh, yeah, I think Logan Forsyth could be just fine, uh, there in Oakland. It is Oakland, but I'm not that worried about it. Um, any other second baseman for you? Uh, Daniel Murphy has Luis Perdomo, who, Kind of an interesting guy. Uh, mm. Lost a lot of runs, though, and Nationals could definitely have a big game. Yeah, I was uh, going to ask you about Luis Perdomo, because you had said before that you were at least intrigued, right? Yeah, there's interesting things there. I don't know that he really should be starting. Mm-hmm. I, I know the Padres kind of just need arms, and that's why he's in that role. Uh, but yeah, definitely go after Daniel Murphy if uh, you're thinking of a National stack. Uh, Trey Turner, also a second baseman if you're playing DraftKings. Uh, so, you know, either of those guys, probably good options today. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, okay, on to third base. I had six guys, um, and third base, I feel like, has just become kind of star-studded lately. There's some big names, places to spend. It used to be first base for me, where I'd put a lot of money, um, but, but third base, you can. Josh Donaldson, getting James Paxton. Gonna cost you your bank, but there's no reason not to like that. Should be just fine. Um, Jake Lamb has also become such a reliable stud. He's going to Cincinnati. He gets Dan Straley, who's decent, competent, but uh, not somebody to stay away from. And once he's out, it's the Reds bullpen. So I think Jake yeah. Lamb's gonna be just fine. And, uh, and, a, and a quick note on Lamb before you go on: mm-hmm. he's 5,400 on DraftKings, making him the most expensive third baseman. Yeah, and I still don't think it's crazy to try to roster that. Obviously, you're going to have to you know, pull some strings, but you mm-hmm. shouldn't be too popular because of that price. Uh, the comparison point, though, 3500 on FanDuel, about the 10th most expensive third baseman. Yeah. Uh, almost a must-play at that price. Yeah, that's too cheap. That's Yeah, this is a real good matchup for him, and obviously uh, the sites are disagreeing on the price, but that, that makes him pretty interesting. Um, so I like that. The other big name I wrote is Evan Longoria, uh, getting, getting Sean Mania as well. Uh, that's, you know, he likes to beat up on lefties and that'll be a good matchup for him there in Oakland. So, um, and then a little bit cheaper names I wrote, uh, not, not that cheap, but Miguel Sano getting Eduardo Rodriguez. You like him getting a lefty in Fenway. Should be fine, right? Yeah. Yeah. It should be okay. Yeah. Um, I have him on the flip side, Travis Shaw getting Kyle Gibson. Lefty on Kyle Gibson's going to be, you know, assuming he should get in there. He's kind of sharing with Aaron Hill now, but uh, using, using the lefty there will be good. And my last name at third base is Adrian Beltre getting Danny Duffy. That's righty on lefty. It's Kansas City. Uh, it's not a great place to hit, and Danny Duffy's been okay, but I just really like Adrian Beltre when he gets a left-hander. Um, I think he can handle that. Um, any third baseman you had that I did not mention? I definitely like Nolan Arenado today, of course. Uh, that's Julio Tehran, who sea level I'm mostly staying away from these days, even though there's some red flags in his good performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Coors, I'm treating him as a 4-5 ERA pitcher at the very least, if not worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I-, I have no reservations with using Rockies today, and Nolan Arenado is definitely a good one uh, yeah. as part of that collection. Okay. Um, more Tigers, uh, Nick Castellanos up against Jacob Turner. Mm-hmm. Again, that's just an easy matchup. Uh, great park for power. Uh, Castellanos is definitely cooled off since his hot start, but still not cold per se. Uh, just not as hot as he was. And then uh, still still on Indians, uh, Jose Ramirez should be kind of the guy who goes under radar in that stack if mm-hmm. it ends up being popular. And he, he's still a solid hitter, bats fifth, uh, good RBI opportunities there, a high average, decent OBP, runs, has enough power to escape Camden Yards. Uh, there, there, there's a good profile there. It's more high floor than high ceiling, but, again, should be more uh, more unpopular than some of the other Indians. Yeah, he's just quietly had a really good year, and I don't, you know, you don't, you don't hear people talking a lot about him, and we don't bring him up a lot on the show, and there's no real good excuse for that because he's been good. Uh, I like Jose Ramirez. Um, okay, on the shortstop, uh, Brad, who are you thinking at shortstop? 
Uh, so I could probably just rattle through the top names real quick. Trevor Story, I uh, mentioned, you know, I'm fine with Arenado. I'm fine with Story. Mm-hmm. Uh, always kind of a high-risk, high-reward type play. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Chris Carter of shortstops, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, and um, he also had that incredible April um, and has not, you know, been hit him out of the park at the same pace, of course, but he's still been good every month since. It's not yeah. like he all of a sudden, like, you know, went cold. He's just kind of producing a little bit different way now. Uh, yeah, Trevor Story is apparently legit. Uh, yeah. yeah. I looked a couple of weeks ago, and since that, like, very early April hot streak, he's basically been a 100 WRC plus player, which, when you translate that into cores, is actually pretty good batting line right yeah his his vanilla stats look great it's the the course that kills his wrc plus uh but yeah no we don't care about that in dfs uh the adjustments and whatnot he's gonna be good so no i I like that for sure who else are you thinking uh the other top names lindor again Mm -hmm. love going after dylan bundy i think it's a great idea Mm -hmm. and then uh sandra bogart's up against tyler duffy another one just makes perfect sense to go after him yeah and i'm when I say Tyler Duffy, I mean Kyle Gibson. <laughs> I was going to say, did you have a, a different uh, schedule than I did? Yeah, uh, yes. I, I like that. Uh, though. I, I would also go against Tyler Duffy with the Sandra Bogarts. Yeah, uh, he... Pretty much any Twins pitcher, go ahead and use the Red Sox stack. Is uh, uh, total. Jonathan VR almost a top shortstop as well? Uh, yeah, he's he's up there. Yeah. Uh, he, he's got a... Uh, his matchup Hamill. isn't quite as good today Yeah. Uh, with Jason Hamill. He's... A solid mid-tier pitcher, and uh, depending on the site, actually both sites have kind of ramped down the price on VR a little bit. Yeah, I like, uh, used to be pretty high. I like Jason Hamill, but he has a platoon weakness a little bit, and switch hitting VR should be uh, okay there. Um, I like that. Also, another big name, maybe not a big performance, but are you considering Troy Tulowitzki getting James Paxton? I'd give it a thought, especially yeah. if I'm thinking about a Blue Jay stack in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the direction I'm leaning right now. There's some other stacks I like more. I, as I mentioned, I keep saying the Indians. Uh, mm-hmm. That's one I'm hoping I feel confident in later in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. There's also rain to watch out for in a lot of locations today. I didn't mention that at the start of the show. It's like 35 to 50% chance of storms at like six different ballparks. Yeah. And those aren't very high chances, so there's... A pretty good shot that you're looking at short delays or nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as we get closer to contests, we got to pay attention. And uh, Baltimore is one of the places that could be affected. Yeah. Recording this early, it's hard for us to tell what's going to go on. You know, a lot of these games starting literally eight hours from now. So uh, <laughs> not much we can do guessing weather-wise. But as always, keep, a, keep an eye on that as things get closer. Uh, and that should change your lineup quite a bit. Um, I wanted to mention... Uh, Eduardo Nunez or Eduardo Escobar getting uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. One, because it's funny that it's all these Eduardos. It's a a trio here in Fenway. But two, um, they both are play shortstop. They both uh, can hit lefties. And they're both doing just fine for the Twins. Uh, So I I would honestly consider Nunez or Escobar. Depends on who starts. The, The Twins lineup can be kind of fluid and weird. It'll probably be Nunez. He's the better of the two. Starts more often near the top of the lineup. But Escobar can get in there, um, and I think they can both hit Rodriguez. So, a tale of three uh, Eduardos, I suppose. But uh, I, I think that there's a uh, DFS options there. Um, who else are you thinking of at shortstop? Uh, Danny Espinosa, or again Trey Turner, depending on the site you're using. Mm-hmm. Uh, against Perdomo, uh, fine matchup for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Javier Baez, if he's in the lineup, up against Jimmy Nelson. I like the park for him. Okay. Uh, Nelson, again, solid mid-tier pitcher, kind of like Jason Hamill. You mm-hmm. know, it's not someone that necessarily going after with a stack most days, uh, but, you know, the Cubs are a pretty dynamic lineup. They can tear apart any pitcher on a given day, and uh, bias can be a big part of that sometimes. I Yeah, I, I really like Jimmy Nelson. Uh, I like him as a pitcher. I can't take him against the Cubs, you know. We'll, we'll get the pitchers, yeah. but it's like that's a tough matchup for anybody, for sure. Um, any other short stops for you? About uh, rounds it out. I'm sure there's a couple more names I could dredge up, but yeah, uh, that, that covers the bulk of the position. <laughs> I I only had two more. Corey Seager gets Michael Walker. Corey Seager's a stud, and Michael Walker's okay. You know, certainly not as good as he used to be. So I think that's fine. And then I wrote a uh, Elvis Andrews and, getting Danny Duffy. Uh, sorry, did you have something else on Corey Seager? 
Uh, j- just a note on Seager. He's missed several days with flu-like symptoms. Uh, uh, he's probably about ready to get back in the lineup. I think yeah. it's been three days. That's, All right. Yeah, they, they pump these full B12 when you're a major league player. You get healthy again pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not as worried about been out sick than I am, like, worried that, you know, been out with hamstring or out with, you know, thumb right. or this or that. Like, I feel like once they're over the illness, they're going to be okay. Um, and I have no yeah, data my, to support that. Yeah, my concern is just, is he in the lineup? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the only issue for me. Yeah, I feel like once he's back, he's fine. I have no data to support that. That's just me feeling like they're going <laughs> to let you, if they're going to let you into play, you're okay with that. And I don't think it's going to linger, like, I'll physical to, injuries. can put Jeff Zimmerman on that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, uh, Elvis Andrews could say Duffy. Elvis Andrews is having an off, uh, awesome year against lefties this year. I think that's mostly BABIP driven, which is where his game is anyway. Um, but he is, you know, actually doing really well against lefties this year. And even though Danny Duffy's decent, I think that, uh, you could consider Andrews there. Kind of a sneakier, less popular shortstop play. Not a ton of upside, but hitting lefties well enough that you gotta think about it. Um, and then onto the outfield, Brad, what are you thinking in the outfield? Uh, as always, just a, a mess of options out mm-hmm. there. Uh, probably almost run it down by team. Uh, okay. So Indians, you got Tyler Naquin, Rajai Davis, uh, probably Lonnie Chisenhall is the third. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, any of those work for me. Uh, you got Rockies, Carlos Gonzalez, and uh, uh, Charlie Blackman. Yeah. Both also. Nice options. Yeah, I like them uh, for that, uh, the left-handedness against Tehran, for sure. Red Sox have Jackie Bradley Jr., Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. Also awesome options. And then uh, if you start digging a little more, uh, come up with names like uh, Brandon Drury on FanDuel's 2100. Uh, really great bargain. Batting fifth or sixth for the Diamondbacks these days. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not really hitting that well, but... It, with that price, you got a great stadium, you got a ballpark, ball, uh, excuse me, you got a bullpen that's very exploitable, mm-hmm. and Dan Shirley is not a monster by any means. There's a lot of opportunity for him to outperform 2100 by a large margin. Mm-hmm. Uh, another guy who's kind of a one-off bargain, uh, Jarrett Parker, uh, that's uh, up against Masahiro Tanaka at Yankee Stadium. Parker's a three-true-outcome smasher. Uh, strange, difficult matchup against Tanaka. Uh, could be a lot of strikeouts, could be hanging splitter and a home run. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you know, that's one that I don't mind. I think it should be pretty unpopular and uh, could put you out there in the lead with uh, a big night. And then uh, also Rays, uh, Steven Souza, Brandon Geyer, uh, two main ones I'd be using from the outfield there. I really like Brandon Geyer. Just he's been crushing lefties this year. One of those guys that, you know, that's when he's most useful is getting lefties, and he's been doing that job. So don't think he'll be that popular. But, uh, yeah, no, I like Brandon Geyer a lot. And Souza should be fine as well. Um, I wrote down Ian Desmond getting Danny Duffy also. Ian Desmond's way up there in the lineup and also crushing lefties. Having a, a great year overall, but really shining when he gets uh, southpaw. So I take him there. Similar to Yoenis Cespedes getting Adam Conley. I like Adam Conley, but Cespedes not only having a good year, but just really good when he gets a lefty. That's where I'm willing to pay the price, I think. Um, I wrote Jay Bruce getting Archie Bradley, because again, Archie Bradley's struggling with lefties. Uh, and so Jay Bruce should be just fine there. Um, it's in Cincinnati. He'll be okay. Um, do you like Robbie Grossman? Are you a Robbie Grossman believer? And Definitely against lefties, for yeah. sure. Uh, he's put up some really good numbers there. Uh, better league discipline, if I recall. Yeah. I haven't checked in the last you know, two weeks or so, probably pre-All-Star break, but I assume that hasn't really changed much. Yeah. And... Uh, I think it extends back in his career, too. So, yeah. yeah, I do like that. And he gets Eduardo Rodriguez, yeah, in Fenway. Again, there's a twin stack here that I'm not scared of at all. I think it'll be fine. Um, my last couple names in the outfield. Uh, Christian Yelich gets Logan Verrett. I'm, I have no reason not to trust uh, Christian Yelich there. And I have uh, Ryan Rua getting Danny Duffy to go along with Ian Desmond. If you want to go with the cheaper guy who's right-handed, gets in there and will hit lefties. Um, there are some lefty matchers from the, uh, the, the Rangers lineup, pardon me, uh, that should do fine. Um, any other outfielders for you we didn't get to? Well, I'm, I'm sure there's some, but it's a pretty That's good the highlights. slice of what's out there. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then let's get to pitching. I, I did a pretty decent job today at keeping my list at all the other positions in check. 
I got to pictures, and I'm like, there's a lot of interesting guys. There's a lot of pictures, yes. Yeah. There's a lot of there's... pictures, and a lot of them are at least halfway interesting. That make me go, like, yeah, maybe, you know. Um, so there, there's four high-end guys yeah. who we could probably check off real quick, and then it, it's a deep list of people who can have a really good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily will, uh, as a, like a Madison Bumgarner versus Tanaka. Yeah. Those are two guys who are probably going to have very strong starts. Yeah. And so, if there's downside, it's the price and that they're against each other in Yankee Stadium. But yeah. they're still probably going to pitch well. I, I have no hesitations about Bumgarner even being in the AL, even being at Yankee Stadium. I think he's, you know, DFS ace. He'll be fine. Tanaka's had a little bit of a weirder year. Um, his strikeouts are down this year. Um, he has 100 and 123 innings, and that has some people concerned. More specifically, the Giants don't strike out. The Giants are yeah. the second least strikeout prone team in baseball. Um, they're banged up enough that I'm not that worried about them doing a lot of damage. I don't know that uh, Tanaka is going to get blown up or anything. But if you're in DFS and you're like, yeah, I'm going to pay for an ace and get double digit strikeouts to try and do this and that, he's just playing not doing that. And I don't think he's going to do it in this start. So I'm not like quick run away, stay away from Tanaka, he's going to blow up. But I'm also like, you just there's not the ace upside there for him at all in this matchup. So uh, I might not pay the price for Tanaka against the Giants. Um, yeah, I, I think if you're looking at him, you almost have to view him as a fade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and honestly, <laughs> he's good enough to have a good game for sure. I just, I don't have the, the big game confidence that goes into paying that price. Um, not quite as extreme, but similar with you, Darvish going to Kansas City. I mean, you, Darvish is awesome and he can strike out everybody and he has that potential to have a big game. Kansas City's not as scary as they were a year ago, you know. Um, they can still, there, there's some strikeouts there, but they're doing less damage. So, kind of, kind of a similar thing where I don't, it's not an ideal matchup, but, uh, are you, are you thinking about Darvish in Kansas City? Yeah, definitely giving them strong consideration today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the concern I have, obviously the Royals aren't a big strikeout team and that's an issue, but I'm not too worried about that with Darvish. He's, Mm-hmm. His stuff's so overpowering and dominant that even low strikeout teams are, you know, risk to strike out 10 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bigger concern for me is he's made four starts spread over, you know, a pretty long period of time and hasn't exceeded 5.2 innings. Yeah. Uh, his last start, which was his first back from his most recent DL trip, was 4.1 innings. Uh, so you're, you're looking at a guy who's not really stretched out, not really likely to go deep into a game. He, he's got to produce a lot of value early. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm trying to look for, like, aces that could actually give you the ace performance, you know, where they don't have the asterisk yeah. and the bum garners there. Um, after that, if we're going down in terms of just pure ceiling, is it Garrett Cole getting the Phillies? Yeah, that's the next one. And it's another situation where I'm not quite ready to jump back on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made his return from the disabled list last week, pitched four innings, kind of hit around a little bit. Uh, the Nationals obviously a good team, but still not too encouraging to see him get batted around and uh, not go deep into the game either. Mm-hmm. So Phillies are an easy matchup. They might still see him pulled after six innings, even if he's cruising. Yeah. Um, you know who's become such an ace that I feel like we don't talk about that much and I don't have any hesitations over at all? Michael Fulmer for the Tigers gets the White Sox. And the White Sox have been cold. Michael Fulmer has a 2-1-3 ERA this year. And I know he had that crazy scoreless streak, but there was a part of me that's like, when did that happen? Because uh, <laughs> he started a little bumpy, but he's, you know, settled in just fine. And the White Sox are cold and... He's not a strikeout monster, but he's not, you know, way behind on strikeouts. He has 77 and 84 and two-thirds, so he gets them. What, what's the hesitation here about Michael Fulmer going not only to Chicago to get the White Sox, but opposite Jacob Turner? I'm totally fine with that, aren't you? Yeah, so my hesitation, and this is a matter of checking the weather reports, is uh, Chicago is one of the bigger risks for a storm today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it enters into my analysis a lot more with the pitching than with the hitting when I think that, you know, there's going to be a delay, but not necessarily a cancellation. Mm-hmm. And that's the situation in Chicago tonight. There's a sure. decent chance that you're going to see a delay and that's, that really hurts your pitchers. That's very important and way worse than worrying about strikeouts and, and matchups and whatnot is if he'll get interrupted, no play. But uh, on, on just a plain matchup sense, 
that that's an ace, right? That you can pay the ace price for if you want. Yeah, I, I don't know if I call him quite an ace, but he's close enough, and the price that's getting charged uh, on DraftKings it's, it's a bit much, eleven thousand seven hundred, but only eighty five hundred on FanDuel. That's easily rosterable. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, on DraftKings, I'm a little hesitant to pay that much. He's just been I, I, I don't I don't pay attention. I, I haven't been like looking at him, you know, but. Uh, he allowed two runs over eight innings against Kansas City last time out. And I'm looking at the, the game log on ESPN, the two game. Uh, it goes back ten games. I don't know the last time he allowed two earned runs, because it was more than ten starts ago. Like, I would have to go deeper into the game log. Because, uh, yeah, it was um, on May 15th was the last time he allowed more than two earned runs in a start. 2-1-3 ERA, uh, the White Sox are cold, it's opposite Jacob Turner. You're very right that the, the weather is the most important thing there, but but if you see the green light, uh, or at least the, the yellow light, and are feeling okay about it, uh, what a matchup for him. Next, in terms of performance and matchup uh, for me, it might be Matt Shoemaker going to Houston. Uh, Matt Shoemaker, I'm, I'm a full believer. Uh, I don't know, he's quite as shiny as that awesome stretch he had, but he's, he's I, I fully trust him. And I think he'll be okay in Houston. Are you thinking about Matt Shoemaker? Yeah, he he's uh, he's had certainly a lot of matchups against Houston this year. Uh, I think mm-hmm. three in his last ten games have been there. Uh, one of which was a stud outing to her, you know, just fine mid-tier type outings. Uh, he's up against Lance McCullers, another guy who can definitely consider using. Uh, he's just got to dodge Mike Trout in that LA lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that should be a good game. Uh, lots of strikeouts. Maybe quite a few walks, too. Uh, they're both guys who can sometimes walk some batters. Uh, I really like Lance McCullers. Here's another one. I was looking at this leaderboard, and this is why this popped out to me. I was looking at a strikeout spike team, uh, which is great for pitching matchups. Then the Angels we think about is only having Mike Trout, and I agree. Uh, they are last in Major League Baseball in strikeouts, which I had no idea. They do. They yeah, really they don't have, strike out. They've only struck they have out a bunch of punchless contact guys. Yeah. Um, which doesn't mean, like, McCullers can't have a good matchup, but all those things I said about, like, the Giants, uh, the the Angels have only struck out 551 times this year. Uh, second lowest is Giants with 632. It's a big gap. Like, the Angels are really not striking out. So, I mean, I'm, I'm stretching to say nice things about the Angels lineup, and, and I don't think that it means that they're going to blow up Lance McCullers, but... Uh, again, when when you're paying in DFS and you need the strikeouts, like it's it's a little bit different of a ceiling. So, the Angels aren't a stay away from me, but I'm but I'm less excited than I would because yeah, I had no idea about that until I was I was looking at it yesterday and I was like, yeah, that's that's a it's a different leaderboard that can kind of change your view on uh, on pitching matchups. So, I'm I'm staying away from McCullers a little bit, but I think he's still doable. Uh, I think he could still have a good outing for sure. Um, so those are the top guys, at least in terms of ceiling for, for pitching. Where are you thinking of going otherwise, though, in terms of price and matchup for, for Friday? Well, you got Tanner Roark in what should be a very easy win. Mm-hmm. Uh, on those are incredibly important. They're 12 points. Uh, on DraftKings, not as much. They're only four. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Roark should have an easy game. The Padres don't really hit righties well. Uh, he's, he's a contact management guy, uh, so not so much uh, high strikeout totals, except when he's facing the Twins, I guess. Yeah, uh, I. But yeah. I'll never forget it, that. You still have a you still have a decent shot at like a fifty point performance out of Roark, so mm-hmm. I, I think that's not a bad day for using him. Yeah, and uh, sorry to keep going back to this, but the Padres second most strikeouts in baseball. Uh, right. They're right behind the Brewers. Uh, they're you know they're twelve behind the Brewers. They have eight hundred eighty one this year. Is yeah, uh, I like that Tanner Roark. Even though he, his strikeouts are up a bit, um, and they strike out more than the Twins, so yeah, I, I'm I'm all in for that. I think that's totally fine. Um, Another one I like, uh, Brandon McCarthy, just a, a personal favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, great peripherals in general, mm-hmm. uh, going back a long way. Obviously, there's the health concerns, and uh, don't know how long he's really going to last in his outings. Uh, seems so far he's thrown five or six innings in his three starts. Again, really good numbers uh, with those five or six innings, but kind of like with you, Darvish, uh, you're you're hamstringing yourself if you're taking a guy who's not going to pitch it deep into a game. Uh, really puts a lot of pressure on his early game performance and getting a lot of strikeouts. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, and the Cardinals are a little bit banged up. They're listen, missing Matt Carpenter, missing Johnny Peralta again. Uh, they're missing Brandon Moss. Like they're they're a decent offense, but not as great as you'd think right now. So you can consider McCarthy, who's been good in his three starts for sure. So I like that absolutely. Also, Trevor Bauer. Uh, have mentioned how many times I like the Indian stack. Uh, I'm not enthused about using Bauer at Camden Yards, but yeah. if you're stacking Indians, you're expecting them to put up a lot of points. Uh, that should also mean that Bauer is going to be in line for the win, and uh, you know, hopefully, he'll get a lot of strikeouts too. Yeah. Uh, Orioles have those days where they strike out 12 times and do nothing. So. Yeah. Uh, Bauer's got the stuff to be the pitcher does that. Oh, they, going into this year, you know, they had Chris Davis and Mark Trumbo and Pedro Alvarez, and everyone was like, oh, they're going to set strikeout records, blah, blah, blah. They're only 12th in baseball in strikeouts this year, so still striking out more yeah. than average, they're, but nothing crazy. They're interesting. I bet if we went back, we'd find that their strikeouts are very lumpy because mm-hmm. uh, they, they, they seem to either – and the Cubs do this a little bit too. They seem to either – click or just kind of fizzle and strike out time. Yeah, volatile team. So yeah. Bauer has the skills to get the strikeouts that could happen there. There's a ceiling for sure. You could see a big game there, but hopefully he's not allowing too much contact at Camden Yards for sure. I also want to mention Zach Eflin going to Pittsburgh. Because like I said, he's been, he's been decent. He has five straight quality starts, and he fell one out short of having six in a row. Uh, not an ace, not, not been incredible, 414 ERA, but somebody to at least think about as an option, not a big ceiling, but it was easy for me a month ago to be like, oh, pff, Zach Eflin, like garbage pitcher, and it's been okay, and Pittsburgh's not that scary, and it's a decent park to pitch in. Um, would you consider this just as a cheap option in DFS? It, it might be a little too low ceiling for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his best outing was a complete game, uh, 54 fan duel points up against the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. And Pirates are not playing particularly well lately, but they're not the Atlanta Braves. they got mm-hmm. a lot of hitters in that lineup. I don't think that Eflin can really go complete game route. So you're looking at six innings, four strikeouts, uh, maybe a shot at a win, maybe not. And, you know, that's not many points. Yeah. Um, I like, uh, like I said, I like Jimmy Nelson as a pitcher. I can't take him against the Cubs, can you? No, no, I'm kind of, I'm pretty worried about that. You could think about fading him. You know, Hamill has enough bad days where if you try to go with an unpopular Brewer stack, you might get lucky. These 15-game nights, it's, it, it, it's really hard to even go with those fades. Yeah. Uh, just there's so many put put games that are pretty pretty locked in to be high scoring. Uh, when you take those risks on a fade, you can hit it and still not even come close to the money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last couple names I had. Uh, we mentioned Marco Estrada, his two nine three RA. He gets the Mariners. He, you know, it's his first start since earlier this month, but talented pitcher and the Mariners can hit they're they're not a pushover offense by any means but I think Estrada's talented enough to have a fine matchup there um and then yeah. the Mariners you... offense uh while you're on the subject sure. uh, all home runs yeah. you know, everything comes off the home run yeah and uh so that's and Estrada's done a good job limiting those in general so that's yeah. going to be the key thing to watch is he's Mariners either tee off, get a bunch of home runs, or Estrada has a good game. Yeah, that that outing is going to live and die by the home run per fly ball rate that, that goes on, basically. Uh, so you, it's going to be volatile, but, but it definitely could be just fine. Um, and then uh, last names. I'm not excited about them. Would you consider Archie Bradley or Dan Straley? I mean, he's in Cincinnati, and they're both okay pitchers, you know. Yeah, I'd consider Bradley especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, Australia, I think he could have a fine start, uh, but with the state of their bullpen, it's just I, I have trouble ever using him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're they're going to give away half his half yeah. the time he leaves with a lead, it's given away, and then he doesn't leave with a lead that often. So there's not a lot of things to look at to like. Uh, Bradley, I think there's a little more room to you know, get behind him, but again, I'm not too thrilled with anyone pitching yeah. a great American ballpark. Yeah, I, I agree. They're just the last on my list to even mention. Um, any other pitchers for you that, I mean, we, we ran down plenty of options. Anybody worth consideration here? Adam Conley, well, Logan Barrett? 
Speaking of guys at terrible ballparks, uh, yes. John Gray up against the Braves. Sure. Uh, yes. Gray faced the Braves last week, put up 45 points. Uh, that was in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to Coors this year, and the narrative has always been, you know, use Gray on the road, stay away at home. He's been a little bit better at home than on the road this year. Uh, a little okay. more homer prone, uh, more strikeouts, fewer walks. So you know, the Braves don't actually hit that many home runs. They're not that much of a risk to go deep on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have the strikeouts are still in play. The walks are still good. You know, he, he's got all the ace-like tendencies you want to see. He's just got cores to contend with. Uh, he He's definitely a guy who can have a good day. Yeah. And, uh, no one should be shocked if he does. And I don't think many people will be picking him because they go, oh, Coors Field and stay away. And, yeah, yeah I, he gets strikeouts. There's a ceiling there. I could see that. It's scary. It's it's risky. But uh, it's certainly an option. Yeah, I, I did not have that down, but I'm fine with that, uh, actually. You're not thinking about Julio Teran, though, are you? No, I'm not. I, I just You've mentioned the issues with lefties sometimes, and I don't like visiting pitchers in particular at Coors. Yeah. Uh, just because they're... You know, not accustomed to it at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, only other pitcher I'm remotely interested by on the slate is uh, Adam Conley. And I think uh, for the Field of Streams contest, Matt and I are going to both pick Adam Conley. He's under 50% owned in Yahoo Leagues. Um, John Gray's on there and I'd consider it. But the, the problem with that contest is we keep track all year. And so the bad starts hang on you. So we, like, try to avoid <laughs> the risk. The ones with real bad blow-up potential, I'm like, ugh. If he hangs nine runs, I gotta eat it forever. Uh, and <laughs> there's a, a chance that can happen in Coors Field every time, so we don't go there a lot. Um, anyway, Adam Conley has to look out for Jonas Cespedes as a lefty, and, and that's about it. You, you think I'm not that worried about the Mets? So um, Matt and I are taking Adam Conley for Friday, who should be fine. He's 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 been a fine streamer this year. Um, so that's it for Friday for us. Plenty of options. Fifteen games to pick from. Keep an eye out on your weather. As I was saying, uh, check those, you know, you, you check your lineups before you, you start DFS. You got to check your weather today, too, because that'll, that'll cause you problems. Um, it's as bad as not checking your lineups. Brad, let's take a peek at the weekend. Um, on Saturday, uh, anybody sticking out to any, any games looking exciting, uh, jumping off the page for you for the Saturday schedule? Yeah, I want to watch Aaron Nola and Tyra Glass now. Uh, mm-hmm. Nola had that ugly slump, and then he came back after the break and looked good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to see him uh, you know, continue on and build upon that recent good outing. Mm-hmm. And then I just want to see what Glassnow House. I haven't watched him at all this year, haven't bothered uh, with the minor league TV package. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it's one of my first chances to actually get a look at him. I didn't catch the, the debut. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, kind of Interested to see Edwin Jackson versus Max Scherzer just for the laughs, too. No, that was the other one that jumped off the page to me. I said, wow, that's, that's a fun matchup. Edwin Jackson, who, who looked fine last start out for a bit, you know, uh, starting for San Diego. All right. Um, and, yeah, Aaron Nola, you mentioned, I was telling you before the show, he somehow is down under, I, I, we know how he went through that slump, uh, 49% owned in Yahoo Leagues. That's... Even though he's been cold, that's too low. Matt and I are both taking him in Pittsburgh. I think that's a fine matchup for him in terms of yeah. uh, matchup. Go, go run back to your lineup and pick him up again. Yeah. Um, At worst case scenario, he has a bad outing, you drop him again. But yeah. he, you're probably getting back the normal, typical NOLA 3.0 ERA, good strikeouts, good walk rate. Yeah, the, the contest is fun for seeing all these weird ownership rates because I'm always looking them up and seeing who like who's popular and who's not. And sometimes I see people, I'm like, really? Like, why is that guy 75% owned? But like, this guy is not. You know, it's it's craziness. So yeah, I, I like I like Nola there. Um, Zach Davies is interesting, but he's going against the Cubs, so no thanks. Like, you gotta pass there. Like, can't can't do it really. Um, the the big one uh, I don't is uh, Jacob Degrom gets Jose Fernandez in Miami. Yep. Like that'll be a, a fun matchup. Some some appointment viewing. Um, I don't know. If there's any DFS input for that. Just uh, that'll be fun to watch as a baseball fan. Um, I, I'm sad that it, it seems to be a matter of policy. Uh, Fernandez hasn't pitched more than seven innings this year. I don't expect him to pitch more than seven innings at any start. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit sad. Yeah, uh, I, I want to see him run pole to pole and just completely dominate an opponent. Sixteen strikeouts. Yeah, 
you know, 115 pitches, but obviously they're, you know, playing it safe, coming off that Tommy John, trying to limit his innings while still contending. Yeah, trying to do both, yeah. And then probably thinking about trading him one day, you know. Well, we'll, who knows? You never know with Miami what exactly is going on. You never know. (laughs) And then um, peeking at Sunday as well, um, I like for guys under 50% owned, uh, you know, ahead, ahead of time like that, um, I have Jameson Tyon getting the Phillies. Um, he, he was okay last time, despite taking one in the noggin. He, he's okay. Um, and he gets, uh, I'm just not worried about the Phillies, you know, especially on the road away from there. Um, Matt is going with Blake Snell going to Oakland. I like Blake Snell. He's a really intriguing guy. He gets plenty, he has strikeout potential. Uh, he's still adjusting to the major leagues, but I like him. Oakland has a bunch of guys that can hit lefties, so I'm, you know, thinking about that. But I, I, Matt's going there, and I think that's a fine matchup. Um, is there anybody? Pardon the train going by my house. It's, yeah, it's uh, train time. <laughs> uh, Brad, was there any anything sticking out to you on Sunday on the schedule? I can't say there was that many interesting matchups out there on Sunday. Uh, you mentioned Tyone, and then uh, it's Velasquez on the other side of that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. A strange weekend in which the Phillies and Pirates make for uh, you know, some of the better viewing material, matchup-wise. You know, there, there's guys who I, I want to see what Stephen Matz looks like. He's uh, you know dealing with those uh, bone spurs in his elbow, and mm-hmm. since that was announced, he's been kind of shaky. Yeah. Uh, so he's someone I'm monitoring actively. Yeah. And then uh, John Lester and Junior Guerra is an interesting matchup. Yeah. Uh, Guerra's kind of Matt Shoemaker-y. Uh, good splitter. Uh, we'll see how he handles the Cubs. Uh, he's done it before. I think he can do it again. Yeah, he's like 60% owned. He's not eligible for the contest. So look at him. Look yeah. at Junior Guerra. That's a streaming he's been guy. consistently good. He's been good. It's like a 30-year-old journeyman or whatever. You kind of go, okay, all right. He'd... I made a few dollars off him earlier in the year when he was priced at like 4600 on the sites. Mm-hmm. I was like, yep, yeah, he's pretty good. I'm using him. <laughs> yeah. Now, now he's just playing. You just gotta believe it. At some point, you go, okay. I guess this is who this guy is, and, and there he goes, which is uh, pretty cool. Um, all right. Well, that should about do it for us for for Friday and for the weekend. Uh, Brad, what do you what do you got to plug? What have you been writing? What do you got going on? Uh, lots of dynasty stuff, and uh, starting to transition a little bit more into that uh, as we get towards the off season. Mm-hmm. People uh, are starting to think a... about next year. Yeah, if you're a fantasy baseball player and uh, don't do any football like me, mm-hmm. uh, that, that means you got to have those year-long leagues that, uh, you know, active trading as soon as the season ends. Uh, so uh, you know, now's the time to start thinking about prospects and uh, who you want to put on your next team. Yeah, and, and, you know, teams that are out of it and start trading for, for next season, you know, people, some guys trading to go to push and some guys trying to get those keepers uh so yeah, uh, Brad is on Twitter at baseball a team, and he's writing about DFS as well as that dynasty stuff. So there's something for everybody there. Uh, make sure to give Brad a follow because he's writing everywhere. I am on Twitter at Higgins FOS. Uh, you know, doing uh, DFS shows five times a week. So give a follow. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. That should about do it for us. Uh, for Brad, I'm Dylan. Uh, good luck with your stacks and have a good weekend. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit Fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.